0: What's the most surprising birth location you can think of? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 168 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and for many, the idea of giving birth at home is totally shocking and surprising. For Vicki, the most normal location that she gave birth was finally in her own home on her own bed. Vicky's personality and her extremely unique birth stories made this discussion absolutely riveting. I can't wait for you to hear it. Before we jump in, I would love to thank this week's reviewer of the week, MN McGinnis, who said, informative, empowering, and encouraging. I was interested in doing a home birth with my first baby, but didn't feel I had the confidence or support I needed to do so. But After listening to this podcast, I have felt empowered and excited to do one for my next baby. Wow, to think that this podcast is actually impacting your lives in such a tangible way. I am continuously honored and humbled that this is the work I've been assigned in my life. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, MN McGinnis please email me at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com so that I can send you a Happy Home birth podcast sticker. And speaking of informing, empowering, and encouraging, that's exactly what I love to do when I work with my clients and students. If you love this podcast because it helps you prepare for your labor and birth, I want you to imagine taking this podcast and then putting all of the emphasis, love, support, and focus of it all onto you. That is my goal and desire. Through Happy Home Birth Academy, I want you to soak up all of the head knowledge you need, yes, but even more so the heart knowledge. I'll bring you the perfect balance of both as we go through every aspect of preparation that needs tending as you ready yourself for the greatest transformation of your life. Whether you give birth simply in your own home, on your own bed, or you find yourself in another unexpected birthing situation, I want you feeling, as M. N. McGinnis put it, informed, empowered, and encouraged. Let's prepare together, shall we? Head to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash HHA to join me today or click the link in the show notes. All right, with all of that being said, let's get into this interview. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and this show is not medical advice, it's an educational tool, so continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement all things home birth and motherhood. Vicki, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. I would love it if
1: you could take just a moment to introduce yourself and your family to the listeners. Okay. Um, my name is Vicki Young. I'm a uh currently a missionary in south africa in cape town south africa very privileged place to be um i married a rare thing i married a chalk artist evangelist Ah. who who is six feet ten inches tall so right from the get-go with that we're different but then um when i married him we traveled more than 11 months out of the year so we were married about three years when our first daughter came, and Evangel, she's 26 now, and she's the one who told me about your podcast and said, Mom, she should interview you. And I felt, you know, when your daughter tells you that, that's like, cool, she likes my stories. Because <laughs> she's been hearing this story her whole life, because we feel like we had very exciting birth stories. And then we have um one son that's at home with us here in South Africa. And a son in Connecticut. Okay. So the first daughter's in Maine. Third child, uh, Joshua is in Connecticut. And then our fourth child's in heaven. And she would be 18 now, but um, yeah. So that's who our family is.
0: Wow. That's yeah. That's incredible. I'd love to hear what, as you, so you married a, uh, (laughs) a chalk artist evangelist, right? I I mean, yeah.
1: Chalk pictures while he speaks he doesn't just speak to people he he draws these um they're about two feet by no maybe three feet by four feet uh paper big big huge paper and he he just keeps drawing as the story goes along so he's really fun to watch he's on youtube um we have um like if you look up or we we have a website drawing others to christ it's called oh i love that (laughs) <laughs> yeah we like he's very into puns <laughs> so, but, so am you know, i this one, well this one is i i like this one too i like double meaning sometimes but he can get a little carried away sometimes. <laughs> anyway that's our website drawing others to com, and um so he's you know you can watch him draw and speak that's perfect i will certainly be linking to that in the show notes
0: so you are As you get married, you're traveling um, for 11 months out of the year, you said. What was that first pregnancy experience like?
1: Well, we had to pray for it. It didn't just happen. Um, My husband prayed. uh, He was reading that verse. There's a verse in the Bible that says that, if. okay, my husband is 18 years older than me. That's another weird. We got a lot of stuff that we're just not your average Joe people. (laughs) I don't know how he managed it. But anyway, he was thinking one time, he read a verse about um, if the husband dies, then the wife will be taken, the church will take care of the wife, the widow. If she has done these things, like brought up children was one of them. And he thought, oh, she needs to have kids. (laughs) so that Because he's 18 years older than me, you know? I don't know. Just, you know how you think like these things Mm -hmm. one time. So he prayed and he said, he told the Lord, he said, if you... um, this was 1995, he said, if you don't give us a child or a pregnancy this year, then I will take that as a sign you want us to start um, adoption procedures. So, you know, looking, trying to adopt. And we got pregnant within a month. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was our first child evangel. And yeah, it was tricky to be pregnant on the road because um, you have to, like, I didn't, we both were on the same page about home birth, for me, I grew up in a family that was very hospitably, like very, and so. Um, but I was a missionary in Peru for two years, and I was visiting this lady named Bobby McCoy in the jungle in Iquitos, and she was showing me around her house, and she was like, "Da da da, this is my walnut furniture that they handmade for me here, and this is my bathroom where I had my baby, and da-da. And I'm like, "What?" and so she told me her birth story she had wanted to have a home birth and they were anyway she told me her birth story and she just she was so excited about it and I was like whoa new thought new thought new thought!" (laughs) you know I had never considered such a thing it was shocking to me and um, I hadn't I hadn't been around babies very much I'm the baby of the family so you know I don't know I just it gave me something to think about but it was very positive that first mention of it and my husband, his brother had done home birth. So he was, um, his, his brother had seven kids and had done everything. And the home birth was the last thing and the one they liked the best. So, um, you know, he could talk knowledgeably about the different births that they'd had, some of them being army births, which mm-hmm. don't sound like anything I want to do. Right. Anyway. So, you know, cause you get some guy that's like ready to cut off legs and instead he's delivering your baby, you know, and you're going, Oh, that's, that's maybe not your most anyway, whatever. <laughs> so he was on the same page of home delivery, but we didn't know a lot. Now he had delivered goats, which is mm-hmm. significant, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I had never seen anything born, anything. I'd seen pictures, I'd seen videos, but I'd never even to a kitten or a rabbit or anything so um, anyway we got pregnant with evangel looked at at paul's schedule to see where we were going to be about the time of the delivery and we were going to be in new mexico and we had never been to new mexico it was our first trip to new mexico and we did have friends who were helping with us and they had six kids and the the mom there was a very sensible helpful woman And uh, she's wonderful, actually. So she found two midwives for us and said, you could call either of these. So I picked the one that was just across the border in Colorado, but there was another one that was in New Mexico, but about two hours away from where we were staying. So I called the one in Colorado. She told me all these things I needed to do if she was going to be my midwife. I had to have an AIDS test. That made me annoyed because I'm like, you know, (laughs) there's no way. But anyway, I did that and there was all the, I had to have my iron had to be 37 something or others, you know, it had to be a certain height. And so I had to get my iron tested. And so I did see some midwives as the nine months went along the 10 months. I was so shocked to find out that it's 40 weeks. I was like, what? My whole life I've had nine months and it's like 10 months. Oh no, I felt deceived. (laughs) Anyway, so I, um, So I, when we looked at the calendar, I also looked at the days and I prayed, I saw Columbus day was October 9th. And I prayed that the baby would be born that day. Her due date was October 20th. But Mm. I thought the ninth, the reason I picked the ninth was my husband could not be speaking. I didn't think he could be speaking anywhere that day. And I wanted him there when the baby was born. And he speaks in schools during the week. He does churches on weekends, but schools, uh, you know. He's very, uh, I don't want to say workaholic because it's not that, but he's very driven. He's a very um, purposeful person. Doesn't want him to waste a minute, you know, that kind of guy. So I looked at the ninth. I thought, that's a good day. Great. But then I also had it in my head. I'm not even going to expect this baby until after the due date. So I don't know, though, you know, you can see I was very little faith there. But in my, <laughs> You know, I prayed it, but I didn't expect it. So the, anyway, the... Um, the, I did everything that this Juanita in, in Colorado wanted, and um, we had a meeting set up, and then she had an emergency childbirth that day, so we had to cancel the meeting, and we set it for the following Tuesday, and so then on the, on the Sunday, we went to church. Everybody's like, what are you doing traveling when you're so close to having a baby, and I said, oh, no, there's still 12 more days. <laughs> So I, but I, you know, I was pretty big. So that was the Sunday and I wasn't feeling that great. And then, um, in fact, that night we moved to Flagstaff to be near enough to go to the Grand Canyon the next day because that Monday was also the only day we had free that we could go see the Grand Canyon and we thought, you know, we don't know if we're ever going to be back in Arizona. But let's pop over and see the Grand Canyon. So we were spending the night in Flagstaff. And I always remember my husband was like, I'm going to go to Taco Bell and get something to eat. Do you want something? I said, no. I was so grumpy. And I didn't realize, you know, this was a sign. (laughs) I was just grumpy. And he said, do you want anything? No. Do you want to come with me? No. Yes, I do. Okay. So I went with him to Taco Bell and I ate his supper. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And then he had to buy more. And then we went and we slept. So the next day... I was having pains or cramps or something, but they were all in the back. And I had done a ton of reading. I guess I'd heard of back labor, but I somehow I was sure I was gonna feel it right around me. And there I didn't feel anything in the front. It was all in the back. So I thought, ah, this is nothing. So we went to the Grand Canyon, but they kept up these pains or cramps or whatever. They weren't that bad. And then I finally decided, I started timing them and I'm like, whoa, there's a pattern going here. I think this might be the real deal. And so I was just, just, just walking to my husband to tell him, let's go. I think we're in business here. And he said, Vicki, I've just decided, let's go do the flight over the Grand Canyon. So I'm like, Oh, my goodness. So we did the flight over the Grand Canyon. It was 45 minutes long. And I had six, I think, six contractions or seven. I don't know, something like that contractions on the flight. And so then I was like, honey, we are seriously in business. Well, I'm hungry. Let's go to McDonald's. (gasps) So we did the McDonald's drive through And again, I was like, no, I'm not hungry. Yes, I'm hungry. Okay, (laughs) So I ate. I ate then, too. And then we started driving to the midwife. And we had to decide at that point, which midwife do we go to? We had been all talking to Juanita, but she was very Mm businesslike. And so the only thing we knew about the other midwife is they said uh, she's the sweetest. She would take anybody right off the street, but we never had met her or spoken to her. So we thought, well, that's us. (laughs) (laughs) We prayed for guidance and we headed for Gallup, New Mexico. So from the Grand Canyon to Gallup, New Mexico is about five hours with me hanging over the back of the seat. And we were listening to a, a cassette on the radio telling about um Ann Camel Anderson having eight miscarriages. Oh. <laughs> like, this is so ironic. And somewhere at a rest area on the way there, my my mucus plug thing came out and then I thought, oh, this is really happening. Mm-hmm. So Emma really will take anybody right off the streets, sight unseen, And but her house was having plumbing problems. So she sent us to her daughter's house where we all met up and eventually was born in her living room. Oh, wow. so, You know, this wasn't quite the way, we, I can't say I really envisioned it. So I, I didn't know what was gonna happen. Anyway, it worked, she was born. Wow, and so how long after you got there, two hours oh my word so still my husband and I have this ongoing discussion on this I'm always like he wouldn't break the speed limit he drove the speed I was like push the pedal (laughs) I want to get there and have this baby and he just drove the speed limit right across Arizona and Gallup is like one of the first cities you come to in New Mexico if you haven't been there I don't know
0: where are you I'm in Greenville, South Carolina, so
1: all the way across oh, the country. That's where I went to college, university. Oh! Yeah. So anyway, I got to Gallup. Um, she was born there two hours. Yeah, I did laps around her coffee, ta- her daughter's coffee table. And I remember my husband, the next day, he said, Vicki, I am so sorry about all those people that kept coming through. I was like, people? <laughs> I said, honey, if a marching band had gone through, I wouldn't have noticed. I was in my own tunnel of pain and problems and you know just really I was having a baby and I didn't care it's which is funny because I always I'm pretty modest in real life but that was different so he felt bad about it but it was fine I was so hyped I wanted to call everybody and she was born at like 8 30 at night which in Arizona is it was 8 30 at night or oh, New Mexico, wherever we were. And then, but my family's in Maine and New Hampshire on the East coast and ah. it was too late to call them. And I had to wait and I was like, Oh, I want to call them. you know, but I had to wait all night and I was so hyped. <laughs> and the lady and I, she, her name was Emma Estrada and she spoke Spanish and I speak Spanish and we were like bonding in the middle of the night talking Spanish. And it was oh. just fun. The whole thing, it was really cool. The only thing was her daughter's shower was broken and I couldn't take a shower that, that's a down problem. I that is know. a downer. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get one till the next day when we got back to. We were staying in Farmington, New Mexico basically, but traveling from there. So yeah, so that so was that midwife. was
0: did you say that was two hours
1: away from that midwife? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Gallup to Farmington, New Mexico. So our daughter, it was the neatest thing. That's, that's Navajo Indian territory. That's Indian territory. There's Mm -hmm. all kinds of Indians around there. But that we had meetings with the Navajo the following week. And they gave her her own cradle board. They gave her a tiny little turquoise ring that, didn't, you know, it was so like special. She has a lot of stuff. Like she still has the um, cradle board to this day. it's very. It, oh, it was just so special. And yeah, it set the tone. I planned from there on out. The rest of them would be home birth if there was any, you know, unless there was something that I couldn't have imagined. And people told me right from there, oh, you are so blessed. And I thought, no, anybody can do it. You just do it and <laughs> you just you know, know about it and then go for it yeah and then since then I've discovered it's not totally true but <laughs> no. you know I've seen people try and fail and then go right. so right. that was then right on schedule two years later it was just perfect timing I thought we got pregnant again with this one we looked to where are we going to be and he was due um, I think it was December 13th was his due date and so we were going to be in New Hampshire, and I'm like, oh, perfect, I can have it at my mom's house, it'll be great. Well, that didn't happen, but anyway, um, we had midwives lined up in different places we were going to be, but we had a few days when we were in western New York. It was We were about an hour south of, of uh, Buffalo, you know, Niagara Falls, that area, it was below there. And we had um, a school in the morning. And so um, we were staying in a hotel that one night. And so my husband went and spoke at a school. And I remember getting, trying to get ready so that when he came back, we could just throw the rest of the stuff in the car and go. And I was having contractions and eating donuts. I I apparently get hungry when I go into, I just remember being like, oh, this donut is so good, you know. So then we did get in the car and headed west because the next place, we were going to be working western New York and we were going to be staying, get this, oh, to this day I feel a bit embarrassed about this. Um, We were going to stay in a church guest house in Eden, New York. They had a a missionary guest house called the Charity House and it was a little two-bedroom house that a man had donated to the church in the town of hanover or the town of irving in the township of hanover anyway those two names i forget which is which but anyway so we were going to stay in this church guest house and i'm having contractions on the way there and it was snow on the ground so we stopped at a mall for lunch and we thought we'd take our walk there because we always take a walk every day and we you know it was too snowy to do it outdoors with a two-year-old and with a pregnant me so (laughs) We, we went in this mall, and I was having contractions, and I just remember I had my first one that I couldn't walk through, and I said, oh, this is a milestone. This is, like, significant now. I am in I really knew I was in business, because, you know, you're thinking, is it going to stop? Is it going to, because I had a lot of Braxton Hicks with um, the, the three, not the first one, but the, the next three kids. Right. So exactly. I was trotting around this mall, and then I couldn't walk through one, and I thought, we need to get somewhere besides the mall. a mall. oh so we got in, we went to this guest house and the pastor's wife came to let us in. And we said, we d- you don't know, you know, who's on board with home home birthing and who's going to like, I was a little nervous about being in the state of New York, they have regulations there about, like I had heard about the size of your windows. They have to be regulation size. And I'm like, if they have regulations about the windows, who knows what kind of home birth. <laughs> right. And I, you know, I, this was, I don't think I had, like, I couldn't just Google it. Like, what are your home at that time? This is 1997 now. Right. Maybe I could have, but I didn't anyway. um, So I, I, we didn't know who we could talk to about it or who we could trust or whatever, but it looked like it was happening. We had bought somewhere. um, We had bought a home birth kit that had like a plastic mattress cover and it had the clamps for cutting the cord And I don't know what else it had. That's what I remember had other stuff that would make it, you know, if you just happen to have a home birth, which we weren't planning to do it alone. We Mm -hmm. Like I said, we had midwives. So we got to this, this guest house. We told the pastor's wife that I was like, Paul said, she's having some contractions. And she looked at me and said, oh, you're carrying so high. I can tell it won't be for a while or (laughs) it won't be whatever. Okay, Um, (laughs) Right. So we're like, "Uh uh-huh. And we didn't push it because we didn't know. We didn't know her very well at all. So she left and we put, we had a two-year-old and it's just the three of us. And we're like, oh, this two-year-old, I mean, Evangel, she was very two. You couldn't just ignore her. So we put her down for a nap and we prayed. And that she had an amazingly long nap. Thank the Lord. She she slept through the whole thing. Oh, wow. when she got up she saw we we were cleaning up but we weren't totally done yet we had the baby wrapped up and he was lying on a rug on the floor and she said why are we keeping him on the floor <laughs> <laughs> well you know, I want to keep him humble you know so what happened is um yeah my husband and i were alone with him and we delivered him i mean he he came without any professional assistance. <laughs> and uh, he um, he got, after he was out, I was lying on the bed. I guess the placenta hadn't come yet. And we started talking about where to cut the cord. Mm-hmm. And Paul said, well, I think um, you go out one foot, put a clamp, and then go out a little more and put another clamp and cut between them. I'm like, Paul, he's going to have this thing on him for like two weeks or something till it falls off we can't leave it out of foot I'm like no 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 no. I think it's like two inches and put the clamp so we got the books out <laughs> <laughs> I'm lying there on the bed with the baby still attached to me and holding him but I've got a book and I'm checking until we found it and what we discovered was the book emergency childbirth does say that you go out of foot and put a clamp and cut it because wow. they're assuming. yeah well they're assuming you are a, a like a fireman you know, it's for people like that. Right. And you're on your way to the hospital, the person's going to the hospital and the hospital will clean it up later. They're just, you know, being safe. Mm-hmm. So um, we found another book that said two inches clamp, two inches clamp, and that's what we did. But we still laugh about that. Like imagine us sitting there with books all over the bed, <laughs> just going, see. we got to make sure about this. So Boy, that was quite a, a, a marital bonding thing that the two of us got. To do. Now, you see why I said it was significant that he had delivered goats.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now, so was-, was it that you, in that area, was that like an area that you didn't have a midwife or did you? Exactly. Uh-huh. So I, did,
1: I actually looked in the phone book and I found one and I called her up and it was like, well, you know, there's love at first sight, and then there, <laughs> and there's the opposite. Oh no! She, she said, "I will come and help you." I'm that's the kind of woman I am. And I thought, no, no, <laughs> never mind. She may, she may have been wonderful, but right then was when the pastor's wife came because oh. I was, and I said, "Oh, the pastor's wife!" I said, "Somebody's just come. Thank you. It's okay. Forget it." You know, so it was, it was I, I got the idea. She was picturing two hippies in the back of a van. Right. Traveling right. around irresponsibly. And I mean, I must say, looking back at it, I do kind of wonder about us, but <laughs> we were not hippies. We had our hair cut decently. <laughs> Whatever else was wrong with us, our hair was fine. So, I mean, really, were we, I don't know about us. It's it's kind of funny now, because um, I don't know if my own daughter was doing that, I'd be like, what are you doing? You know? So, Anyway, that's what happened. So the church that we were with, now I'm like, oh no, what are they going to say? Who pops into somebody's guest house and has a baby? I mean, you know, that's (laughs) shocking, but we did it. So I wondered if they would be a little peeved with us. And what they did was Paul was speaking in the church on the Wednesday night. So that was, he was, uh, Timothy was born Monday afternoon. And on Wednesday night, Paul went to church and I did not go being the heathen I am, I just didn't feel like it. <laughs> no, yes. So I skipped. And um, they gave him a baby shower and they gave us a bunch of sweet things. And oh. that was nice. Um except I would have rather had him home taking care of the two year olds. Boy, she was a oh. uh, she was so excited and it was oh, I wanted to oh man. Yep. Uh-huh. Two <laughs> there's yeah. so much to say about two year olds. <laughs> yeah. She was so happy about the baby brother and mm-hmm. I just couldn't get her to chill. Dangerously Except, happy, in fact. Yeah, they had a big, huge TV in this guest house. And I thought, I don't usually use a, a TV to tranquilize. And I was like, this is an exception. Right. It, did, it didn't work. Ugh, it just yep. gave snow. It was like fuzz, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> Seriously, I was crying a few times the first day or two. It was. It's not good to have a baby with no help. Nobody. Right. You know? That was rough. So... Paul had to speak in schools the next day, and he did, and he went off. Actually, the next morning, he left for his school, and he went out, and there was a flight of stairs to get up into this little house, and I heard, as he fell down the stairs, (gasps) "Ah, don't get wounded, (laughs) not now. (laughs) He was fine, but shoo, scared me, because I'm like, "You you don't realize how vulnerable you are. So a few days later, we realized we have to get a birth certificate for this child, but how? I don't know. Like, what do you do? And again, I'm still, we're in New York. I don't know if they're going to think we're neglectful and charge us with something. So I made these cautious phone calls. I'm like, so if somebody should have a baby, what would they do? Right. <laughs> you know, I'm calling around to places. So we found a place that they said, you know what? There's no birthing place in this county. So nobody's had a baby in this county for seventeen years. Everybody goes to the hospital across the line. So I don't actually know what we would do. So they had to call around, and then I called them back, and we got in touch. So they told us to come into the office and fill out these papers, and then they would send us a birth certificate. So we went to the office, and the lady who waited on us, her name was Vicky, also, Hmm. and. Paul was doing the writing and I was just kind of sitting there holding the baby and Paul's one of the first questions is, um, when was your last menstrual cycle? Okay. So Paul said, or Paul calls over to me, Vicki, when was your last menstrual cycle? And the poor lady working there was like, What? (laughs) She had a bit of a shock. (laughs) You know, like, this big, big man? You know, he's so tall. He kind of scared her. Anyway, inquiring about her menstrual cycle. I know we got personal fast. (laughs) Yeah, that was shocking. So then, um, I forget if it was on the way there. I kind of feel like it was on the way back from doing those paper, that paperwork. Um, we stopped at a chocolate shop. I think it's a kind of a famous little chocolate shop, a very nice little chocolate shop. And then we put Timothy, who was our new baby. He was a boy. I didn't say that before, but it was. He was a boy. We put him on the chocolate scales to find out how much he weighed. <laughs> we hadn't done that. And we needed to know because we were curious. Mm-hmm. He was eight pounds. Mm-hmm. So that was good because he was a little bit bigger than his sister. She was a little bit early, you know, and she looked early and acted early. And, you know, she was a little bit slower with all the milestones, Mm -hmm. which is fine because with her, we had help. But with him, if he'd been slower, we'd have been, well, he was purple for a while. And that, you know, like, come on, get pink, Uh get pink. (laughs) And yeah, yeah, I was, I cleaned, you know, those squirt, those pumpy little things that you take, you clean their nose out with. Mm -hmm. Like the bulbs. Yeah, I was so like, we got to get everything out of his nose. I actually gave him a nosebleed on his first oh. day on the planet, and he has nosebleeds until now. Oh. And 24. And I was like, is that my fault because I did that on the first day? <laughs> probably not, but I. probably just was.
0: sensitive to it.
1: Yeah, I think goodness. I mean, over aggressive mommy going, Come oh, on, that nose out. Oh, poor boy. Oh, another tradition with our kids. Well, Lizzie Vangel, when she was nine days old, we put her in my husband's shoe and being as he has size 16 tennis shoes, they were high top tennis, you know, basketball shoes. Mm-hmm. She fit right in there sitting up nicely. And it was a cute picture which we had <laughs> for years. We showed it to people, you know, and they were like, wow, you know, to see a baby that fits in the shoe. So we tried that with Timothy, that extra pound just put him over the edge. He didn't fit in the shoe. Not <laughs> like it Kind of did, but he cried and he didn't like it it. Didn't, it didn't work yeah so that was our second one any questions wow. before no
0: that's a, that's a fascinating <laughs> story no what let's hear number three <laughs>
1: Yeah, I knew if nothing else. I may not get it, everything you want to hear, but I knew ours are different. Oh, they're so fascinating. <laughs> well, those two were the most different. Number three was Joshua. Um, okay, so both of those two, um, Timothy was born December 2nd, and he was due on the 13th. At least that was one of his due dates. They told me some other due dates. So both of them were 11 days early. So when I got, oh, then I had two miscarriages. Mm. And the first one was in South Carolina, and I was like 12 weeks along and I did go to the hospital for that. And then I decided, like I said, to handle it naturally. And I bled for six weeks and oh. we, went, we went on a trip to Mexico and oh, I was, you know, live and learn that wasn't the best thing to do probably, but it, you know, I did it. And I, I was drinking liquid chlorophyll, which mm-hmm. when I would drink it a little bit every day, just like a couple of swigs, I, I did better. I wouldn't get headaches but Mm. if i skipped it then whoa i'd get these headaches and you know i think i don't know why it took so long but i probably would have been a good idea to to have gone to another doctor or something along the way anyway i was really into doing things naturally i still am but right yeah i do look back at myself sometimes and think you know what goofy anyway. And then the next one, so that was like, I think September. And then the next one was in um, February. We were in South Africa on a short visit here. This was before we moved here. I started having a miscarriage. I started bleeding and my husband decided to give me some peace and quiet. He would take the two kids who are now two and four and go to the beach and leave me home alone. And (laughs) he did go. And while he was at the beach, the car that we were borrowing wouldn't start. I oh. it had a, an immobilizer on it and the immobilizer got wet, so it wouldn't start and it got dark. And I, oh my goodness, I had the worst panic I've ever, you know, my husband, I just could see in my mind, my husband looking through the waves for the body of the two-year-old, you know? <laughs> I was just so sure. So it was like, forget the miscarriage. I, I, I got out of bed. I cleaned the whole house. I did everything I could think of. It got dark. They're not home. And I didn't know the people we were staying with. We were in like their guest apartment, so I went over, knocked on the door, burst out crying, and said, "My husband's you know what I mean." Told the whole story, and so they were super modern. They were ahead of the rest of us, and they had cell phones. And so she she sent her husband to the beach and found my husband, and you know found out they were fine. He just had car problems, and. Um, And then I said, I'm so sorry. I cried like that. I said, I'm having, I think I'm having a miscarriage. And she said, Oh, I'm a ultrasound person. And she said, I can get you, you know, we can check in the morning and we'll, even though that was a Saturday night. So on Sunday, she got me into her doctor, checked it out. And they arranged on Monday morning, I had a DNC because I Mm. had had a miscarriage. So that was really, they said, if you don't do it, I was, we were going to Kenya after that. Mm in kenya their medical um facilities particularly where we were going to be we weren't going to be in the city we were going to be out in the country mm-hmm. and you can you know get septic and die like boom. Yeah. so i went ahead and had the dnc and i felt so good that i felt guilty <laughs> i was wow. like i'm supposed to sad and crying, but I feel really, I had been feeling very draggy with the pregnancy and suddenly I was like, boing, I'm all back Mm -hmm. to normal. So that was a learning experience, but um, I think from losing our fourth daughter later that that because of that, the miscarriages, uh, they don't stand out to me as quite as horrible as most people we have a miscarriage probably because I guess I know the difference. So right. anyway, so then our third child, I got pregnant. Oh, the funny thing with him, I was feeling very fat about the time of my anniversary with my husband. So I said, and I was thinking, you know what? I always take his money and I buy him a gift and give it to him. And that's like that's like kind of, you know, <laughs> cheap. <laughs> so I thought, what can I do that's not taking his money? So I said to him, you know what? For a gift for you, I'm gonna. Promise you, I won't eat any cookies, cake, or candy till I lose five pounds. Because I thought that's a nice marital, you know, look a little better for the hubby and stuff. Well, so that's what I did. I didn't eat any, but I didn't know I was pregnant. (laughs) Uh, So I went the whole nine months with no cookies, cake, or candy because I didn't lose five. I tried to lose five pounds. I mean, sometimes you can lose five pounds in a day, but every time I tried not to eat, I felt horrible. So I started eating more. And then, of course, I found out I was pregnant. So the funny, the neat thing about that, to this day, my third child, Joshua, is significantly more of a health food person than his brother (laughs) (laughs) and sister. So it's kind of fascinating because you know, I with my second one, with Timothy, I really wasn't very good. Like I said, I eat donuts the day he was born, you know? <laughs> so anyway, with Josh, it was, I was better. That was good. I was more health conscious. Now, so, so went, did
0: you not know, when did you find out that you were pregnant with him?
1: After I said that, okay, so our anniversary was August 29th, mm-hmm. um, 2000. I really wanted a baby in 2000. I thought it'd be so cool, but he was born <laughs> in 2001, in May of 2001. Oh, so it was, I don't know when I found out, probably September. Gotcha. Um, I never waited very long before I found out. So right. it was like, couldn't have been like six weeks. Oh, except Timothy. You know what happened with Timothy? We were in Kenya. Apparently I got pregnant with Timothy in, on a trip to Kenya. <laughs> I came back from this trip to Kenya and I felt rotten. I thought, well, wonder if I'm pregnant. So I took a pregnancy test, and it came out negative. Mm -hmm. And then, way later, it turned positive. But it was after the time, and I thought, no, so I'm not pregnant. Um, I'm sick, you know. I thought (laughs) I thought I had some exotic African bug. Well, that is my Timothy. No, no, just Timothy. (laughs) Yeah, he's an exotic African bug for sure. So anyway, then um, so with Joshua we had, I think it was June of 2000, that we got guidance from God to move to Africa. And so we announced it in June, and we started to get ready to go. Well, then in August, I guess I got pregnant with Joshua. And so the whole time his whole pregnancy was like making last visits everywhere and saying goodbye. And knowing we were leaving, but still traveling, traveling, traveling. I had a little accident with him on Thanksgiving Day when I was pregnant with him. He, um, we were living in a motor home at that time, uh, an RV. And we had it parked at my husband's family's house for Thanksgiving. And I was out in the RV cooking the turkey. And then my sister-in-law was cooking most everything else in her house. And there was an explosion in the house. <gasps> And my daughter, my um, Evangel was, what, five, was in the house. And my husband was in the house. And there was a horrendous boom. And I ran for the house. I tripped. I flipped. I kept going. (laughs) I mean, I went complete circle over and got up and kept running. Got skinned knees, but otherwise I was fine. But I scared myself a little bit, but not much. Because I knew, you know, my stomach area was nothing happened there, just the knees. And I got to the house. And what it was, was their neighbor their neighbor's house had exploded and it was close enough that I thought it was the kitchen at my sister-in-law's house. And um, so we spent a good chunk of our Thanksgiving day that year watching the neighbor's house burn down. Oh. He was on, he was on oxygen. So he had oxygen tanks and as each oxygen tank hit the, as the fire got to it, there was a boom and a bang. Oh, yeah. It was a terrible Thanksgiving. I mean, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> stand out. Yeah, it was. So anyway, these things all affect your pregnancy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, he with Josh was fine. He just got rolled around, but he didn't know about it. So <laughs> um, yeah, so in when my due date came, we planned to have him at my mom's house. And I found a, a midwife. Her name was Amy Darling, which I thought was just not sweet. midwife. <laughs> and then she got pregnant. Well, she was pregnant, too. She had a baby a week before Joshua was born. So she brought her baby to the birth and Joshua was bigger than her baby. (laughs) So that birth pretty well, it stands out to me as my hardest. Um, He was stuck and he was one pound bigger than Timothy. He was like Mm -hmm. nine pounds. And the time of day, I think, was worse for me because I hadn't eaten since the night before. And I had it in my head. I was going to take liquid chlorophyll right through the birth and to make my iron levels, you know, to make blood clotting go better and all this. Well, I, I got one tablespoon down and it came right back out. And I'm mm. okay, we are not doing that again. <laughs> That's not going to work. So anyway, but he, it wasn't tremendously long labor, but I think being hungry, I just felt terrible. And anyway, he finally got, he got born around 11 Um. 11 o'clock in the morning and um, in I had used different positions with him and frankly he would have been born on the bathroom floor except the ladies hustled me into the bed by force (laughs) and and he he managed to be born decently in a bed (laughs) because I didn't want to move I was like who cares anyway he was born in bed in my mom's guest room which is kind of normal, you know. At your, somebody's <laughs> house, you know the people, everything. That was cool. Um, <laughs> so normal. <laughs> well, the significant abnormal thing that happened about five minutes, I think, before he came. I don't know. Very close to the time he came, there was a big boom and the house shook. Oh my word! Uh huh. It was like an earthquake or what happened? We found out later what happened. My thirteen-year-old niece was around. And my dad asked her to move the truck and it was a shifting, you know, had a gear. Mm-hmm. He moved it and she did great. And then he said, come a little more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and She hit the garage. <laughs> I mean, like, boom, it broke the, the board on the side of the garage, you know, the, the thing on the side of the garage door. My mom was very much annoyed with my father because he, <laughs> <laughs> he got all the blame. Not the, not the 13 year old niece, but, um, When that happened, my mom, this was like end of the rope. She just took all the kids and put them in her car and said, come on, we're going to camp. And she took them away and took them to um, our summer home where there's no there's no um, telephone in the wintertime. When I mean, Mm -hmm. actually, about June, they turned the phone on. And this was just the end of May Mm -hmm. and she left. And so (laughs) like five minutes after she left, the baby was born. And (laughs) When I say the kids, my my sister's two children and my two, so mm-hmm. four kids, just like get them away because the, the whole thing was stressing her out. She's not a home delivery person. Ah. So she, she took him away from the scene. Baby was born. I had a few hours of peaceful, just get to know this little boy and except he was big. He was nine pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and the midwife's baby was seven something. So to put them side <laughs> right, by side on the bed, it was like, wow, this new one is huge. But yeah. so, so you had, at
0: this point though, you guys had decided you were going to move to Africa, to South Africa, right. but you, you hadn't yet.
1: Right. We couldn't move. Let's see. Once we got guidance to go, um, my husband still had appointments in America for 16 uh, months. Gotcha. So, so we had to finish all the things that were scheduled and then um so we planned to go in october 2001 okay and um, joshua was born may of 2001 and then we did have a trip to kenya and uganda when he was six weeks old (laughs) wow again what what were we thinking But I'll tell you what was cool—that trip to Kenya and Uganda. I lost weight, and then I could eat cookies, cake, and candy again. I was like, <laughs> finally! <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a long time for a sweet-loving person to go without sweets. Wow. Oh goodness! I was skinny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Breastfeeding and Kenya is a combination that will knock it right off. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm always saying now. If I could just find another baby to breastfeed. I <laughs> <laughs> oh that is
0: not the experience i have had my body always likes to hold on to a little just in case weight while i breastfeed
1: no no that's where the kenya part uh in kenya, you have to we the places we stayed in kenya we didn't have running water mm. we didn't have indoor plumbing <laughs> yeah. we sometimes didn't have electricity so like carrying water um boiling water mm-hmm. uh, and then there's no sweets unless you, I mean, it's not, there's nothing instant at all. Right. The goat like is hanging there dead in the market. You got to bring it home. And you know, I mean, yeah, it's just hard work. Yeah. And I love it. I love Kenya. It's, it's, I really like going there. Wow. And the people are so kind that particular time, everybody seemed to bring us a papaya, to oh. a gift. And I had my beautiful newborn baby And then I had a Polaroid and I said, I will take a picture of every family here because other trips to Kenya, I'd take people's picture. And then I had to mail them all back. So I thought, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be smart this time, bring a Polaroid, I'll take a picture and give it to the family right there. And I said, you can put whatever you want in the family. And they all chose my three-year-old boy. (laughs) No. And they were like, oh, they wanted Timothy in the picture because he was cute. And I'm like, yeah, but look at the newborn. And they look at the newborn and they said, why did you shave his head? <laughs> I said, no, this is how Caucasian babies are born. They just, some of them are bald. <laughs> they don't <laughs> come that way. I didn't shave his head. But I thought he was cute, but apparently <laughs> he, was, he was a scrawny little thing. Anyway, so cross-cultural babies are interesting. Things. Yeah. We educated Kenyans on what Caucasian babies <laughs> look like. So funny. Oh, it was. So that was Joshua. And then in October that year, we moved, we did move to South Africa. And then I got pregnant about a year and a something later. And um, so all my babies were early. Joshua was only six days early, which felt late to me. Like, wait right. a minute, I've had two that were 11 days early. Now he's only six days early. Now Cherish came along, our number four. She was one day early. Oh, with each of my babies, I seem to have not done as well hormonally. As like, and then when Cherish was born, in truth, we just had so much going on. I was a grump, is what I'm trying to say here. Just cut to the chase. (laughs) I really struggled with my emotions and snapping at people, even total strangers, and people that Mm -hmm. lived with me even worse. And. I really, I was struggling with it. And then when she was nearly on time, which felt so late to me, oh, that was such a trial for me. So the day before she was born, I took 21 cod liver oil pills. Oh my word. Well, I had heard this lady's testimony of having her baby in China and she, an American missionary, and she was I think it was her sixth baby or something. And so she, or fifth, I think. And she knew that her labor never started without some kind of stimulus to get it going. And cod liver oil will stimulate your labor. (sighs) Not to be confused with, um, what's the other oil? Um, Uh, Yeah, I was thinking of castor oil. No, castor oil will give you major diarrhea from what I hear. (laughs) So I know a friend of mine did that and ended up having a C-section because she had to go to the emergency room because Mm. she- And I said, I didn't say cod liver oil. And she said, I know, I know somebody else told me castor oil. So (laughs) it wasn't my fault. (laughs) Anyway, I got them in pill form because I can't put that in my mouth. I'm sorry. I'm a missionary, but I'm not that brave. Okay. So I took these little capsules. The lady in the story, she took a tablespoon or a teaspoon or something every half hour until her labor started. So I started popping my pills in the morning, hoping to start some labor and it didn't feel like anything happened. So the next day I called my midwife and I said, I can't take this anymore. I am really, you know what I mean? I was just, frankly, I was angry. I was like, ah, this so otherwise they say in here. It's just, I was feeling very otherwise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she came to check me and she said, Vicki, you're dilated to four. And I was like, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I had no idea. And she said, do you want me to strip my br- me- your membranes while I'm in here? And I'm like, sure, 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 anything. <laughs> to get this over with i stood up from the examination and had my first contraction like kaboom and and um i think cherish was born maybe an hour and a half later oh wow yeah Yeah. susan went home and got her oxygen tank just to be ready and all her equipment and i ate lunch which i shouldn't have because (laughs) i vomited with all four births just once each time but i did do that once each time so cherish um yeah quick and efficient And uh, it was really fun because my niece, we had um, my husband's nephew and his wife were living with us and his wife is Guatemalan. And apparently in Guatemala, they have traditions like you you rest for 40 days in bed or something like that after Mm -hmm. the baby's born. Hopefully not strictly. I don't know how that works. But anyway, she was just like expecting me to rest a long time. And I walked into the kitchen that, I mean, when you have a baby in an hour and a half, you really bounce back quickly. <laughs> so I, I was up that afternoon. And I walked into the kitchen and she about had a heart attack. She was like, oh, dear Vicky, what are you doing in the kitchen? You know. Yeah, yeah. And, and I said, no, I'm fine. It was, oh, that was my dream baby there. She was just, she smiled the day she was born. Oh. It was like. And there she continued. She was just happy. And she was my child that would go to bed with a book, hugging a book. Kind of thought, oh, that's going to be good to homeschool. She loved to be read to. She got so much attention with three older brothers, I mean, siblings, mm-hmm. a sister, and two brothers. And then like I said, my nephew and his wife lived with us, and then we had all this company. She just, when it was time to go for a sleep, she was just like, Oh, thank you. Give me a break. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just the kind of baby you're just like, Wow, I didn't know they made them like this. Right. <laughs> all these admirers, I need to rest. <laughs> I know. She just, and then she'd wake up and I'd peek in and see her. She's in there playing all by herself and just oh. happy. And wow. Go, wow. wow, an easy kid. She was just such a dream baby, you know, really. A good one and I thought and she was the only one of my kids that has liked animals particularly much my other three are like eh, okay you know I'm <laughs> not really excited about it but I'm an I'm a animal lover and so she was my one that liked animals she was very sweet and, and that was good that we had her and yeah so that's my four anything else I should squeak in here we're running out of time
0: <laughs> yeah don't no, anything else that you'd like to to add those stories are just so incredible so varied and different <laughs> and none of them anything like the others that's just just such incredible stories vicky
1: yeah and yet it wasn't like we went looking to be incredible you know it right just happened. now cherish was born in our own home in my own bed and i'm quite thrilled that i did it once kind of normal
0: <laughs> I mean, what's yeah. so funny to think of you know most people would think you had your child at home that is so not normal but for you it's like <laughs> no this was the most normal situation
1: <laughs> point there I never thought of that but yeah, yeah.
0: Oh Well, Vicki, as someone who has had such different experiences, um, I'd love to hear if you have any words of wisdom, maybe to a mother who is considering home birth for the first time, what would you say?
1: go for it. I, people think they say to me, you're so brave. And I was like, no, actually, I'm just more scared of what happens in the hospital. All that interference, things like that. The more I read, the more I felt like that's, that's where the problems are going to come from. If is, is things where they just don't let nature take its course and they jump in and interfere and cause a problem instead of, so, um, but I would say the more informed you are, I read like crazy. I know I sounded a bit ditzy there where we had to argue over the um, where to cut the cord on Timothy, but um, I wasn't, I knew what to do. It's just, we were like, Paul can talk me out of almost anything sometimes. <laughs> that's yeah. so well, that's a that.
0: reasonable thing to ask just to make sure you're doing something right. That's perfect. Right.
1: Yeah. But when really, we read a lot and the more I read, I mean, I read about a lady that was in a coma and her body gave birth. Oh, wow. Well, was and I thought, well, there you go. And you hear one thing I kept encouraging myself with stories of like you hear about an 18 year old girl. She's at a dance. She goes in a bathroom, has a baby, keeps mm-hmm. dancing without ever looking in the toilet. I thought, oh, well, then if she can do this, I should be able to do this. <laughs> but, you know, that I, I do think. One of your podcasts I listened to, the lady kept talking about how the mental part of it and keeping yourself encouraged, and I was like, yeah, 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 you really, you can't, my husband, his big thing was, he talks about the 12 spies in the Bible, you know, there were 12 spies that went to spy on Canaan, and they came back, and 10 of them discouraged the people, and they said, this is bad, this could happen to us, And, and Paul thought, when I was pregnant, oh, the ladies that would come and tell me their horror stories and get me worried and I'd have to get over it and try not to hold on to those negative stories because they do haunt you. When you hear a bad story, you're like, oh, I don't want that to happen to me and my baby and, you know, and yeah. that's the fear it can get you. I think the fear would be the thing, the worst, one of, like, one of the worst things that can happen to you because everything goes wrong when you get afraid. I mean, you did talk on one of your podcasts about a good fear that is like a stimulating fear, but that's okay. But you know what I mean? The paralyzing. Right. fear of Oh yeah. I mean, there's and,
0: a, you know, the kind of like when you talk about a fear of the Lord in the sense of awestruckness, you know, in wonder kind of like yeah. that for birth, having a, having an, an understanding of what this is and how, awe-inspiring birth is it's the same thing it's not a tremble and be afraid of birth it's you know respect it for what it is um but yeah Uh, yeah, not that Uh, not that I'm terrified and so now I need to go sit in a corner and be scared forever
1: yeah I will say one lady I talked to when I was pregnant with Timmy, I had a chance encounter, like a short conversation. I think it was, she was a midwife. I'm not even, can't even remember exactly who, but somewhere they, yeah, it was a midwife. She told me how to check how far along I was in labor. Mm -hmm. And I never read that anywhere. Uh So she told me with my own finger, I could explore around and see if I found a head. And she said, you can feel you might feel the head doubled over on itself. Try to put your finger under that. And if you can put your finger under it, then it's the cord and you got to untangle that. And you know what I mean? It was just like a short little conversation, but boy, was it significant when it came time for the birth because yeah. I was at that mall and I went in the ladies room and I checked and there was nothing I could feel. And then I checked later and I'm like, whoa, there's a head there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. You know it, measurable progress all by myself without anybody wow. else oh and man. that I just think wow I could have missed that conversation with that lady and then I wouldn't have known that but the lord somehow you know it, it all it worked mm-hmm. it was provided <laughs> it was very, well, uh, another thing that church did was send out a guy to check to me out because they didn't you know t- he gave him an apgar score of 10 I think and um we were like, of course, he's perfect. <laughs> we knew. We really, yeah, we didn't worry about him, but I, they worried about us. Oh. I mean, we did look a little radical there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Even with oh. your nice haircuts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, man, Vicki, this has been just such a wonderful conversation. and. Oh, so many varied stories. I am so grateful for, for you sharing. Thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast.
1: Well, thanks for having
0: me. Was that not the most fascinating string of births? I can't help but admire Vicky's ability to adapt and the light, airy joy she brings to events that, admittedly, looking back, were pretty unusual. Let me touch on a few aspects that we covered together. Number one, I find it worth noting that Vicky and her husband were very attuned to the personalities of the potential midwives they were working with. Despite the oftentimes quick opportunities that they had to talk to them beforehand, it seems there was an understanding that for them, having a care provider who didn't fit what they needed could actually be more uncomfortable or dangerous than birthing unassisted. Next, Vicky is a testimony to the fact that the body will give birth when it's ready to give birth, but it also does sometimes seem to hold off for just enough time. In both of her first two births, she at some point recognized that it was time to settle down and luckily she had just enough time to do just that. Was she cutting it that close or was her body actually waiting for her to get settled? Darn it, we'll never know, but either way, she was able to get settled just in time on both occasions. And finally, and I think you will all agree with me on this one, I hereby give Vicky the happy home birth superlative of most unusual string of birth stories. What a truly impressive honor that is in this incredible group of interesting birthers, am I right? All right, my friends, that incredible story is all that I've got for you for today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.